In this episode of The Ziggler Show, we look at the new year ahead and ask what will be better in your life a year from now. What came from my discussion with Tom Ziegler on your comments was how critical our outlook is for the next year, maybe more than any other year due to the current cultural conditions. Welcome everyone. I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziegler Show where our focus is increasing your performance in your personal and professional life, drawing straight from the legacy of one of the most inspiring leaders of our age, Zig Ziegler. This is my weekly Q&A episode I do with my co-host and the CEO of Ziggler and Zig's son, Tom Ziggler. In these Q&A shows, I often play a short clip from Zig Ziggler or I'll take a hot topic and post it to the Ziggler audience. From the responses, we get some of the most poignant and relevant input into the realities of walking out personal and professional development and growth in the real world and current circumstances of our lives. I invite you to join us for these weekly discussions by going to Facebook, find me at Kevin Miller CO. I simply asked the question, what will be better in your life a year from now? But what I meant to be a simple perspective on having some goals and personal and business development pursuits led into a fairly sobering reality of our current times and how it may be more important than ever to have something to put hope in, to look forward to. Many have dealt with hardship this past year, and everyone has dealt with circumstances out of their control and an increase in chaos and uncertainty. Many of the joys we generally look forward to are gone. And so what can we control? What can we be looking forward to? Is it a desire or solving a problem? Tom Ziegler has shared before that far more people relate to solving a problem over a goal, which points to the reality of behavioral psychology that we react and respond more readily to pain than desire. And we've had a lot of pain lately. Hearing the variety of submissions, I think, will help raise your own awareness of what is most on your heart to make better and hope for in your life and open your eyes and ears and heart to feelings and current emotions you may not be fully cognizant of. If you are new to The Ziggler Show, it's one of my three podcasts. You can find them all and more at my website, kevinmiller.co or on any social media at Kevin Miller CEO. At the website, you'll find some show highlights and resources and videos of me with my guests and co-hosts. My Motive podcast is my flagship, and we're here on The Ziggler Show. We talk a lot about what people have done. In my Motive podcast, we talk a lot about why, their reasons for doing all they have done, good and bad. I believe Motive is a root issue of all personal development and one we as a culture miss. Then I have the True Life podcast where my co-host, Dr. Randy James, and I talk about your health and wellness, but more importantly, the psychology of striving to be well in this unwell culture. The point is not health and wellness in and of itself, but as a means to an end. If you want your life running at top notch, you need to be too. In all the shows, we do a lot of Q&A and engagement. I invite you to join us on Facebook at Kevin Miller CO. Tom, when I, when I give you the same question, what will be better in your life a year from now? What's first thought that comes to your mind? And I know for you, you often have a word for the year. Uh, you kind of brought that to my attention. I had never done that, you know, a word, kind of a guiding light for the year. But when you look at it, because I asked this question and I hadn't even thought about it for myself. What do I really want better in my life a year from now? And I had a couple things come to mind, but... If I lob that at you, anything bubble to the surface quickly? I don't have my word picked yet. I guess it's time. You know, in the past, I've used the word transformation. Uh, I've used the words pure and simple. Uh, I don't have my word yet. It's probably going to be something along reignite or launch or something about that. I, I feel like... Um, we just came out, as you know, with our new See You at the Top coaching program. The Ziegler coaching system is is going like crazy. I think there's a huge pent-up demand for some face-to-face -face meetings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can just tell you that our people, our certified trainers, our coaches, our business owners, we, I mean, this is kind of – I don't know if this is a good term. We want a big group hug, right? I mean, we just want to, 
And, and so I'm very hopeful, very excited about uh, things starting to change come the end of uh, March or April Yeah, and getting together. I have a manuscript on a book that's due uh, in end of February, 1st of March. So I've been carrying that along. Um, and so I'll be shipping that off. So it feels like maybe the word new beginning, mm-hmm. fresh start, ignite, relaunch, uh, all of those things are just kind of what I'm, what I'm doing. And, you know, when you come into spring and you, you know, I think of the bear coming out of the cave and it's been hibernating and, you know, it loses all that fat during the hibernation and it's a lean, mean machine when it comes out and hits the ground running. That's kind of what I see happening. And for me, and it's because I've been so focused on all of the numerous opportunities that are just popping up everywhere because of the situation that we're just about through. Yeah. And, um, of course, I'm grieving and, and I see a lot of the damage that's happened, too. But I see as much damage as I see. I also see just a ton of opportunity. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I yeah, I hear you. I, yeah, the word that came to mind for me was was manage, which is not a word I like. I don't <laughs> I don't manage anything well. Um, but I yeah, because there's been a lot of change because I have launched a lot of things. Um, started so many things. It's also been a lot of chaos and just a lot of daily decisions. And so I have been compiling a team for project management. And I, you know, I say that from a business standpoint, but as you know, I don't, I don't think any of us separate business and personal. So with business is chaotic, it affects my family life as well. I end up putting stuff off and things get chaotic over there. And so I am hoping for some, uh, some management, some cons- a l- little more consistency uh, for sure to kind of bring all these things in and get them, you know, systematized so that life is a little, again, a little less chaotic that I can get up every day. And it's not so many different decisions on these new things that I've done. And that may be the case for everybody to some degree, because like you said, there's been so many changes for so many people. It's caused a level of anxiety, stress, uncertainty, and I think everybody would be well to have a little more peace. And some people spoke, some people spoke to that. You know, Tom, I, I wanted to lead off when I asked that question, what will be better in your life a year from now? Some people get excited. Some people feel overwhelmed. Some people may even feel angry at that question. And interestingly enough, Don cited Matthew 6, 34. Uh, it's the New Living Translation. It said, don't worry. So, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And you know, that's a relevant perspective that in personal development, in self-help, that we often can find in ourselves or we see other people who get to a point of being frustrated. Do I always have to be striving? Do I always have to be getting better? Can I not be okay, you know, with today? And I know my two cents on that is trying to find peace in that because I get caught in that imprisonment of every day has to be better. And I'm not ever satisfied and I'm not ever at peace. So I can do that. So I understand the feeling of burnout or frustration and just saying, can I just be okay now? Now that said, I feel like as a culture overall, we side too much on just being dormant, being sedentary and not. And that then I do feel stewardship under my God and my family and humanity that I, 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 I am to be bettering Every day. And to that matter, how boring would it be to not to just say, I've arrived, I'm here, I'm good right now, and I'll stick right here. But you know, it's a tension, and it's a tension people uh, struggle with. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering a story my uh, friend Don Sherman uh, told me. He, he was an FBI SWAT uh, agent, uh, so he trained for the SWAT team. He had all the cool toys in the back of his car when he was in the bureau. And he was the guy that would go out on a hostage rescue or, you know, some sort of, you know, major serious situation. And I asked him the question, I said, Don, 
I mean, I watched the videos and you guys go so fast. How do you go so fast? And he looked at me with these really um, serious expression. And he said, we don't train to go fast. We train to go smooth. Mm. And he, he said, you know, when you, let's say you have a hostage situation, your goal is none of your team gets hurt. The hostage doesn't get hurt. And you're able to take the suspect out without, you know, major injury to them either. Yeah. Right. But it's kind of that thing. And he said, if you go in too fast, it means that you're not working as a team and one of your teammates might get separated, which means that they're, they could experience friendly fire or they could be left alone and you couldn't protect them if you needed to. <clears throat> and so when you said, you know, you had so many new things going on uh, this year that it was a little chaotic. It was a little out of sync. It was a little... I call it friction. It was the opposite of smooth. It yeah. had friction in it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was thinking about this year for us as even with all the disruption, all the change, it, the reason I'm so excited about next year is that even though we're going to do new things, we're just adding to the smooth systems that are already going. So instead of creating a whole new system that we've got to learn all the friction and get it out of, which is what usually business owners do, right? Or people in their mm -hmm. life, they take on a new venture. They don't know how to do. It's complicated. It's frustrated. What we're doing is just adding better fuel to the systems that are already working. And so that also gives me a lot of hope uh, because that's a smooth type of growth. It could yeah. be very quick, could be quick growth, but it's, it's designed not to create stress or friction. It's to amplify what's already working. Smooth. That's a good word. I'll, I'll consider that too for my. I like smooth memory. better than manage. <laughs> I do too. Manage just does not do anything for me. <laughs> You're not smooth. a managed guy. You're a smooth guy. I'm I'll just go, telling you. Right I'll now. go with that. <clears throat> I'll go with that, Tom. Thank you. Um, well, here, let me throw it. Let me throw some more out here. Joe Pellerito. He says, things aren't bad right now. I think life will be even better in one year, more depth and understanding richness and relationships and barriers broken. I was intrigued by that word barriers. So I asked him, uh, what barriers and he says, well, I, I mean more physical, I, I guess I, he said, I guess I mean more physical barriers. I did my first sprint triathlon this year. I want to do an Olympic triathlon next, but I also mean attitudinal barriers, gratefulness, optimism, determination. I have a friend who just passed away last week. He never retired from teaching and coaching. He had 54 years in the classroom and doing it well. One of his sayings that always stuck with me is I have good days and then I have better days. I want to live like that. And I will. And I thought about that when we look at those things we want better, we tend to look towards tangible things. You know, our finances, our health, which a lot of, we'll go through that. A lot of people cited both of those finances and, and health and circumstantial things. I don't know, honestly, and, and, and I didn't get through every one that submitted, of course, but even the ones I picked out, I don't know if anybody else talks specifically about their attitude, you know, to look at and go, what, what limit, what do I want to free, you know, go back to matrix. What do I want to free my mind of what limiting factor? Of course that belies, you got to be aware of that, but do you want more joy? Do you want more I mean, even what I said, you know, about business stuff, what was I talking about at the end? I want more peace. I'm talking about my attitude, my mind, my perspective, my spirit, my emotional baseline. And so for him to say attitudinal and to look at somebody and say, I want to have an attitude like that. I want to have a peace. I have done that, Tom, with people who I perceive are just more at peace. And, and again, I always struggle with that. Not that I think sometimes we look at that at peace and think the lack of it is some big negative. Sometimes my lack of peace is just because I'm so excited about something, but too often, you know, you, at some point you just, just calm down. 
just be with us, be present. You know, that's an issue I have with my family is just be present. Man, if I'm, if I'm just, I, I get so distracted, I can be somewhere else all the time and just be there. And so, you know, sometimes it's not bad. It's not a worry. It's a, man, I'm excited thinking about something. And my wife's saying, can you just be right here with me? Um, and, and there's, again, there's, there's an issue of peace there, but again, back to that, having a tangible desire to better, but what about, and I say tangible, I don't know if that's the best word, but sometimes with, when we're talking about mental aspects, it's not quite as tangible as saying, I want to double my income. Yeah. Well, I just want to do a shout out to Joe because he used three words in his, uh, comment there that is just not in my vocabulary. First, he used the word triathlon. <laughs> yeah. And he put the word sprint in front of it. Uh-huh. Well, that's not in my vocabulary. And neither is Olympic. So yeah. I couldn't think what would be more difficult than a sprint triathlon. Well, it's probably an Olympic one. So, yeah. so way to go there. Uh, there's three words that are in the title of my book uh, that I'm writing right now that I think fit in with this. And the three words are disruption, change, and challenge. And you said, you know, when we go through a difficult time, a lot of times the difficult time is what it is, but it's the way we think about it. Sure. That makes it so difficult. And so when we go into 2021, what are we going to think about what we're in that's going to be different that's going to allow us to go to that higher plane to where it doesn't feel like we're being just slaughtered emotionally because when i look around and and i get to 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 literally speak to thousands of people via our webinars and everything that we do there's a look there's a look of slaughterhouse and and some eyes right because of the situation that we're in and so that's where those words disruption, challenge, and change come from. Yeah. And so there's three questions that I'm really t- asking myself for so everybody listening, three questions. Let's just say you inter- are in a leadership role or you're coaching <clears throat> someone or you're working with someone. The first question is, how are they feeling right now? What's going through their mind? What is it? And then the second question is, when you're, when you're done working with them, what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to be thinking? And then the, 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 the middle question is, what, what behavior, what attitude, what effort, and what skill do you have to exhibit between how they're feeling when you start and how they're feeling when you end, okay? Because all we can really do is focus on the process. All we can really do is focus on what we control. So now flip those three questions to when disruption enters into your life, because it will, (laughs) when the change comes, when the challenge rears its head, acknowledge how you're feeling right now. This is self-coaching, right? And then plan in your mind how you want to be feeling and thinking when you get through it and then identify what attitudes, efforts, and skills do you need to focus on right in the present to get you where you want to go. Yeah. So that's part of my, as I'm writing that advice for other people, I'm going to take that advice myself Yeah. to try to stay out of that, you know, out of that, emotional beatdown that we give ourselves when it's tough. Yeah. You are listening to the Ziegler show in this Q and a episode asking what will be better in your life a year from now. Next, we get into the hope for things in our current culture and epidemic getting better, which in the world of personal and business development is outside the scope of things we can control. But in regards to it, what can we do to help and better ourselves and our life if circumstances are beyond our control and do not, in fact, get better. So here are some great resources for you. Well, speaking of that, when it's tough, and I, you know, got, speaking of tangible, we've got, you know, financial 
comments here, health comments. But Brian is Brian Lynchard. He has one here that's just interesting to me. He says, I mean, the elephant in the room has to be that hopefully most everything will be back to normal a year from now. And he cites, I live in a very red area of a very red state. The virus hasn't slowed us down too much, but obviously there are still people who are getting sick and dying, but even some little things like being able to go in and enjoy a sit down meal at a restaurant and coaching my son in youth basketball again. And that one was interesting to me, Tom, because back to what you just said about things being tough, we all have experienced some aspect of an increase in negativity. I just did a show with our doctor, uh, Randy James. It was episode 55, maybe, uh, of the True Life Show. I didn't pull that out. But we talked about that. Just we're all dealing with an increase in negativity. Even if things have turned out, I mean, you, like me, Tom, know a lot of people in business who had to pivot and now have, uh, they're flourishing more than ever. You know, So even amongst good things, though, there's still, though, by proxy of being in this culture, exposed to more negativity and having to deal with that. And along with that, as Brian's talking to, I think talking about, I think there's everybody to, in some aspect is hoping things will get back to normal to some degree. Uh, and that they can, yeah, go out to a restaurant, go to a movie that they can have an event. They can go to a speaking event. Like you talked about, have an actual, you know, a, a group hug uh, someday. It seems like, uh, will that ever happen? And so I'm going to take somewhat of a pessimistic, but I think a realistic view of how relevant it may be for us to all to look at and say, you know what, what if a year from now things don't change? I mean, we don't want to think about that. We want that hope, but what if they don't? What if we, what if we knew that? And again, not to be pessimistic, but if we said things, what if they're not going to change? As far as we know, it could be worse a year from now. There could be a higher quarantine. We don't know. If that's the case, what can I do to prepare, as you said a minute ago, for that tough time so that things are better for me, for my surroundings, for my work, for my family? What can I do if they don't change? Because, man, talk about being impacted by the culture in a way that most of us never have, not being in control. That's not something I enjoy. I don't like being in control. I don't like authority. I don't like somebody telling me what I can and can't do. And, uh, but to say, what if it stays the same? What if it gets worse? What can we do to prepare ourselves, our businesses, our social aspects of us? You know, what can we do to make things better? If we're looking at school with our kids, I know so many people have had hard times with that. What can we do uh, to make it better? So I think, you know, that's one, obviously, the spirit of my question here was what do we want to make better that we can address, that we can have some kind of control of, like our physical wellness, like our finances, some level. But man, when you're talking about the culture and what's happening with the pandemic and we have no control, we all have hope it'll get better. So to me, man, the, 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 the vein I want to look at is what if it doesn't? And it actually made me think about talking to my family about that. If things don't get better, what can we do to guard ourselves and prepare ourselves for it? Well, I think that comes back to that Zig Ziglar quote that I always refer to, expect the best, prepare for the worst, and maximize what comes. You know, when we look at the potential for next year, I think we got to be hopeful. I think we've got to set our sights on what we can control, yeah. what we want to make happen, uh, and that starts with the attitude, our beliefs right between our own two ears. Yeah. But then we've also got to expect this is going to still going to take longer than we want it to. And knowing that, what is it that we can do today that prepares us for if that happens? Because if we prepare for that and we get out of it quicker than we thought, then there's only upside, right? Yeah. There's only positive that happens from it. But the reality is, is whether it takes two months or six months or a year, to keep going through this, we need to focus on all the things that we can do. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's just all that we can. And I know so many businesses, entrepreneurs, individuals who've, who figured out the pivot. Uh, and I also know people who've been dedicated to uh, industries that have really, really been uh, decimated, you know, beyond their control. 
And so what do you do if, if you think it's going to come back in three months, but it takes six or nine or 12, you can, you can plan for that and you can make uh, adjustments and still have a good attitude and, and still, because there's things you can learn yeah. that are going to benefit you in that and in other areas as well. So that's a tough one. Uh, the only bad advice I think is uh, to sit pat and count on everything else to, to work in your favor without you doing anything to better your own position. That's yeah. a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You know, you said the word learn Eric Larson. He said, you know, what does he hope to be better? And he says, my perspective. And I asked for perspective from what to what? And he said, from what I know now to what will be revealed to me in the future. The only thing that you can know for sure is that you will know more tomorrow than you do today. And I actually felt a little cautioned on that. I, I think that there's a, a bit of a myth that as time passes, as the days go on, that by proxy, we we are learning, we are growing. And man, we know that that's not true. We can relive. Who was it that said that? That a lot, It might've might been Robin um, Sharma, that living the same day over every day for a year, you know, that's, that's not, a, that's not a, a real life. That's not learning. And are we learning? Use that word. We can go through every day. You know, right now we have all again, experienced so many changes. What have we learned from that? When we hear the media's full of what's wrong and what we want to change, but what have we learned? It's impacted all us. What have I learned? It's a great, it's a great exercise that I haven't necessarily done, Tom. I'm talking about it right now. I haven't sat down and looked at this last year and the things that have changed. What have I learned? What have I grown in? What do I have a better understanding of? What is this given me more insight into that I can use going forward for the benefit of my you know, of my perspective. And Tom, let, let me read another one real quick because Chris Nordic is, is right along these lines too. He says, I'm not sure anything will be fundamentally better. I hope to be more conscious of how good it already is. And I ask him, so you're good with everything staying as it is? And he says, well, I'm trying to lean into present moment awareness while my ego is constantly masterminding about what needs to be better because when my ego is masterminding better, it's also obsessing about the failure, the misses and the shortcomings from the last week, two, two hours ago, et cetera. It sounds kind of woo woo and Eastern when I write that out. But what I'm discovering is the more present I am in the moment, the more I'm able to bring my full power, creativity and energy to the thing right in front of me. And I get better in all things. I like that one, Tom, because that resonates with me. I thought, ah, I'm in that club and I, I want more of that as well. But, you know, again, going back up here to Eric, am I being present to consider what is happening to me right now? And am I really learning? And it's somebody who I keep forgetting about that I had on the show that I need to, I need to post up here because I keep responding to him. But he said, if you keep having that, uh, that thing happen over and over, you, you haven't learned the lesson yet. And, you know, it's, it's happened over and over because you haven't learned less. Once you learn the lesson, then you'll, then you'll, you'll adjust. And it, am I just reliving the same problem over and over? Cause I think right now in the culture, you look at the headlines and it's just the same thing every single day. You know, we're, we're dealing with the same thing every day, the same problems, the same complaining and griping. What on earth are we learning? What a great exercise for all of us. hundred percent. I, here's an interesting thought. Um, I just finished listening to a book. Uh, the title of the book is Post Corona by Scott Galloway. Hmm. Okay. And it's, it's the guy has started a bunch of businesses, sold them for a lot of money. Uh, I think he's a high-end advisor consultant for companies like Google and Facebook. Uh, he teaches at NYU. He's about as credentialed as you get. And he made a comment and his comment in the book, well, he made a bunch, a lot of pretty, pretty interesting things to put your arms around. But he said, whatever trend was happening, good or bad, Corona and the virus accelerated that by 10 years. Mm. So what does that mean? Well, if you look at the trend of people purchasing online, these companies that were growing that steadily, they got one, they, in one year, they got the equivalent growth that their business projections were probably expecting for 10. Hmm. 
And then he said, good or bad. So if you look at industries that were growing and positive, you've got that trend. But if you look at things that were kind of turning down and being more difficult, you see that as well. So he points out higher education, uh, the cost of college, the amount of debt, the return on my college investment as far as making money in my career has been steadily tracking down. And so one of his projections is that 10 to 20% of universities might go out of business in the next year. That's a pretty interesting thing, right? Because think about it. Am I going to pay 50,000 a year to take zoom meetings and not live on campus and not have that experience when I can get the same online from my local community college or some other source. So Here's here's what I went through along this line of what Chris said. Okay, so uh, I, I, I got to be in the present. So I started thinking, well, what are the trends that we're seeing and how can I prepare myself to have an impact in those trends, right? Well, education and learning, that's what Ziegler does, isn't it? I mean, aren't we in the mindset, education, attitude, personal development, relationship space. We, we equip people to go out and be more effective in their business and in their life. Well, one of the trends is that the formal education lifespan, shelf life, is getting shorter and shorter. Artificial intelligence, which we know is coming, has compressed probably maybe not 10 years, but it's probably five years quicker than what we thought it would be. Huge corporations planning on investing in new technology over the next 10 years suddenly had to do it all at once to to handle the remote workforce and the management of projects happening outside. And so that means that my need to be a constant learner just went through the roof because the environment is changing so fast. So I'll just give you just an example. This is where my brain goes off of some of these ideas. Um, We know that self-driving cars are already here. And if everything accelerated at this 10 to one kind of ratio this year, I went and I looked at my car and we've put, we, we bought my wife a car at the beginning of this year We've got 3,000 miles on it in a year, in 12 months. So when I buy a car, when I replace my car, and the self-driving cars are here, am I really going to buy a new car if I'm only, if I'm working from home and my need to go out is so much less? Or will I pay $500 a month? to hit something on my app to where that car I want shows up at my house within five minutes, a car service. And so then I thought, well, wait a second, if I don't have a car, do I need a garage? Well, guess what? There's my new home office right in there. And then I read an article last year and I have no idea the advance on this but the technology they say for virtual reality is you'll be able to put on uh, a headset and your brain will think it's real. So what if you're having a Zoom meeting, except for it's now a headset, it's not a computer screen. And as far as your brain is concerned, you're sitting shoulder to shoulder in a conference room with with your teammates. So let me ask this. What does that do for commercial real estate when transportation, where I do my work? These are all really cool things to think about or scary. But the reality is, is unless I'm committed to learning and embracing what's coming, it's going to be difficult. So I love what Chris said. Hey, I got to be in the present. It may not be what I want. But if I'm in the present, then I can adjust and, and make the most out of what's here. Yeah. Well, it gives us, yeah, it gives us another realm. Maybe again, I keep using that word tangible, but it just, it, it's a, it's a, when we get to this mental aspect of dealing with the current times, I don't know that there's, 
ever been a time, at least during all of us listening, our lifetimes, where it's more relevant to be looking at our mindset, to looking at our understanding and knowledge and lessons we're learning and being aware of what's going on and being present to the realities. It's, yeah, it's significant. It makes these discussions so different than a year ago. I I love it because if AI becomes, and that's artificial intelligence, if that becomes more prevalent, that takes the load off of the redundant things that formal education teaches. Yeah. Right? Right. But what 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 is unlikely for AI to ever really be able to master? And that is relationships and people skills and, you know, create creativity, collaboration, uh, thinking outside of a situation. You know, an example is we had wheels for thousands of years. We had suitcases or trunks for thousands of years. And nobody thought about putting a wheel on a suitcase until mm-hmm. what? <laughs> recent. Very recent. recent. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. And so the curve of learning, so if everything gets compressed in the time of change and, and technology is exponential in its growth, what are all the new things that are about to come? And how, how can I, because here's the thing, I, I think, you know, all this stuff has the potential to raise all ships, right? You know, if everybody's going to benefit unless you're latched on to the old way of doing it. Yeah. And then just, then it's going to be hard. Yeah. So the right mindset around disruption, challenge and change is going to be, I think that's the key thing. Yeah. I do too. I do too. You know, it's interesting with all these new things. One thing, the thing that people responded with the most as we tallied them up is the one that's probably changed the least, Tom, health, dealing with health, same old thing. Uh, I don't know if it's changed other than it's just more challenging in our current culture. I think uh, that's getting more and more unwell, harder to stay well. Well, Interesting that you brought up health because in that in that book post Corona, he talks about this. Uh, Apple has they've got billions and billions of dollars in the wearables in industry, and wearables are you know the watches that that you know measure everything, <laughs> including your oxygen level, your blood pressure, all your heart rate. And those are going to get more and more sophisticated. And then he said, you know, expect instead of Amazon Prime, you're going to see Amazon Health. And they're going to get into the the medical world. And so your teledoctor appointment will be coordinated by Amazon and your doctor will have a 3D camera looking at you and you'll have a wearable on that gives them all the vitals, the doctor's gonna put in the order and within an hour, the prescription and the blood test is gonna show up at your door. You're gonna self-administer the blood test and ship it back to the lab and your doctor is gonna get lab results and you never have to leave your house. It takes pressure off hospitals, emergency rooms, the travel back and forth, the overhead space for the doctor. And instantly almost the doctor will be able to say, you need to go see somebody now. And, and you know what happened? The pandemic moved telehealth 10 years ahead. Oh, yeah, true. Right? At least. It went from, I'm not doing that, to why haven't I ever done why, why isn't this the only thing? Yeah, yeah to some aspect, it might have exponentially increased and it did it uh, push it forward even further because we, in the medical arena, the general thought is that they're generally 15 years behind technology, anyways. So to move forward as much as they have now, it's an even bigger deal. I, I think that part, I think that part is good. I, you know, I mean, as far as just individual health though, I mean, this is why I have the true life podcast. One of my other podcasts with our doctor, Dr. Andy James is however, that here we are and I'll pick on America specifically 
but in a civilized you know, country, we know more than ever about health and we are sicker than ever. It doesn't matter how long we live, but just our quality of life has declined, you know, and everything's up from heart disease to diabetes and obesity and, and it's, and it's up. And there's obviously we can talk about that. That's what we talk about in that podcast. Go listen there. But I want to read one, Tom, cause we've got, I don't, I don't know how many people responded about specific things of health, but I like this one, uh, this one, Elizabeth Sickler. She says a year from now, this, and by she gets the award for the most specific, uh, answer, by the way, a year from now, my sleeping and nutrition habits will be healthier. I will have developed meal planning habits that support eating enough veggies and fruits, limited empty calories and drinking enough water. I will have developed boundaries around how much time I spend on schoolwork so that I have time for exercise, relationships, hobbies, and enough sleep. I will have healing from workaholic tendencies and finding my identity in my job as a teacher. I focus on developing these healthier habits and not concern myself so much with actual weight loss. All the science seems to say that if I diligently pursue healthy nutrition and exercise habits with rest and manage stress levels, the weight will eventually come off. Uh, but it won't, it wouldn't be sad to see myself 50 to a hundred pounds lighter in the future either. And I responded back to him. I said, Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Elizabeth, that's significant. What's your overall motive, uh, motive, my other podcast, what's your motive, your reason for making such big changes. And she says, I think the short version is that the pain of the same is greater than the pain of change. That's my hallelujah chorus comes out right there because that's the one that we miss. We always look at the risk of doing whatever and not the risk of staying where we are now. So I'll read again. I think the short version is that the pain of the same is greater than the pain of change. The bigger problem, she said, is that I already, uh, I'm already having a rough 2020 before COVID, or I was before COVID, and I'm not sure my health and physical body can handle another year of the same. Several things have got to change if I want to function well as a teacher. And the biggest part of that is making, taking care of my physical body a priority. And she cites, she says, in your true life uh, podcast, the question was posed, do you want to be an Olympian? Now, you know this, Tom, you're a patient of Randy's and he, he often asked this to patients, a brand new patient. Do you want to be uh, an Olympian in the next year? Uh, or do you want to be immobile and feeble, slide into a nursing home? And she says, I'm realizing how much I want to be able to do cartwheels and handstands with my nieces, something I could do a year ago with relative ease. And now I struggle to do so. I want to wake up feeling rested instead of tired and desiring a few more hours of sleep. I want to crave foods that are nutrient dense instead of sugar and calorie dense. In turn, I want my kids to see how to do life in a healthy way, not a workaholic stressed out way. How can they believe there's more to life than work if all they see is adults who only work? Man, somebody's had their eyes open and their ears open and is bouncing on some revelatory information here. Uh, Elizabeth's been listening. That's a big deal. And for her to say, you know, she wants to be 50 to 100 pounds lighter. I mean, she's got some significant things going on. So she's looking at a big shift. But my gosh. Talk about having a vision in front of you and knowing your, yeah, to my, to my podcast motive, knowing your reason, man, she is, she's, she cited a reason better than anybody of the, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 people who responded Tom. Uh, so that one was a highlight for me from all the responses. I love it. Uh, Elizabeth, one of my statements is you create the future you see. And so you, you painted a very clear picture of the future. Yeah. And that's got to happen first, right? Yeah. Before, before you've got to create the, the, the picture you see first, and then you create that future. Uh, you sound just like me about 10, 12 years ago. And I was um, about 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And I just, I created this thing called the pure and simple diet, which was only pure food, nothing processed, no chemicals, uh, no additives and uh, organic when possible. And it didn't take long. I, I, the weight just came off. It's my body was craving nutrition. And I didn't know it. That's where my appetite came from. Yeah. So you're on definitely on that right track. 
just to do the segue, uh, you know, you talked about Dr. James. And Kevin, you may remember this. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, here's the difference between a doctor and telehealth, uh, between AI and real medicine is after I'd come out to see you guys and spent a couple hours with Dr. James, remember we went over to that sub, the sub shop? Mm -hmm. And you said, how are you, you looked at me and you could tell something was a little off and you said, how are you doing? And I got emotional and I said, you know, I've never felt so cared for in my life. Hmm. Uh, and that was just the experience that I had with the time that Dr. James spent with me. And that is the, that is the great challenge that we face. We've got all this technology, we've got all these yeah. tools and we are unhealthy because we go for the convenience mm -hmm. and the missing ingredient is people around you, including your healthcare provider who has the relationship that pours life into you because they care. Yeah. You can't, you can't write a software program for kindness and empathy. It's it, just not, it's not possible. It's not scalable. Yeah. So that is, you know, so Elizabeth, man, I'm, I'm loving everything that you've written out there and you, you need, you need some people close to you who, who care, yeah. who, who want those same things for you. That's a big deal. Big deal. Well, you know, there are, there were so many, I mean, Kevin Crow, he says, I want to have work, you know, to get closer to retirement. Ivan says, I want better relationships with loved ones. Uh, Annette says, I want my faith to be stronger. Uh, Renee says, I want healing from a toxic relationship this year. Um, uh, Patricia says, I hope to, I hope to be able to travel. Uh, Sarah says, I will be an international author and sought after speaker to empower women to step into the life God has, has, has uniquely for them. Uh, Allison says, well, I want my self-acceptance and self-confidence to be better. Uh, so many people that just wrote in things that were, were prominent to them, but uh, we did have a good amount, just like health talk about finances. Susie, she says finances. She says, I used to teach Dave Ramsey. We kind of fell off the wagon. Now I teach the green gap formula along with Dave Ramsey. Uh, when I coach with ULA, it's a, 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 a company, O-O-L-A, ULA principles going, I'm going to dive in with both for real estate debt reduction and massive savings, uh, or any kind of consumer debt that we've got, but we want to be debt free. But her talking about that again, as everything we talk about, I don't know if I do a podcast where the reality of our current time, this pandemic doesn't add into that. When we look at finances, and I don't know the stats, Tom, you may know more of where the culture is. I didn't do that, but I will assume that the majority of people have had some financial turbulence this year in the past eight months since COVID one or, or two, just some uncertainty that has caused them to make different decisions, maybe fall off the bandwagon of savings. Maybe they save more and they scrimped over here and they're stressing so that they can save more just in case, or maybe they spent lots of money on you know, toilet paper or whatever it may be, you know, to, to prepare again. But, but the finances took a, a, a bit of a turn. Uh, whether it was a, a 180 or a 90 degree or whatever, but that everybody also experienced them. I and now they're looking at it going, gosh, am I better off? Am I worse? Am I more concerned? Am I stressed? Uh, you know, and of course, that's outside of the acute people who lost their job, lost their income, lost their business, uh, lost all their revenue. And of course, a lot of stories there. But I think for everybody, finances is again going to be at a new level of awareness and different things to look at because of what we've gone through now. It's just brought that to light as much uh, also. So yeah, again, I don't know, Tom, if you do know the stats, but I don't know, that may be one that I haven't thought about that's probably good to take into uh, our, our consciousness to realize that we're probably all everybody out there at a level of higher stress and anxiety for our finances for a variety of reasons. 
Yeah, the, I, I think, um, you know, I think everybody has, I, I call it, you know, they, we went home, we got worried, we got anxious, we found our new routine, and the, the source of the anxiety could come from different places. It could be our health, it could be our finances, everybody's kind of in that same boat. Uh, one thing that I think is very important is that we've got to understand that there is a pretty significant difference in experience financially. Some people are pivoted and, they're, and, they're, and nothing really has changed. And it's real important if that's you, count your blessings and understand that there are a lot of people more than you know where everything financially has changed. Business owners who are losing their business, uh, hourly uh, wage earners, people in service industries, transportation, hospitality, and they've had significant upheaval. Uh, teachers and the front line dealing with the myriad of things going on there. And so uh, we, as humans, it's just so natural to think, well, everybody's like me. You know, everybody has the same issues I have. Everybody's living life the same way I have. And if we can step out of our own situation a little bit and see it from other perspectives, the coming back to full strength, the healing, I think there's a lot of people who've just been hammered and the biggest help they need is just friends and people around them saying, man, that that's hard. I'm with you. What can I do? Yeah. And it's probably just understanding and emotional support and some real simple things that'll make the biggest difference. Um, percentage wise, I, I don't know what the stats are. Uh, I think everybody's anxious and worried. I think there are some very different experiences. And the danger is, is we tend to think that however we're dealing with it is how everybody else is dealing with it. And that's, that's not the case that, you know what, Tom, that, that's true. That's not the case. And you may be, I'm still shocked by how different the perspective is demographically, or I should say ge geographically. Let me say it that way. Because even town to town, my, I, have, I have a daughter who just had a surgery. She's staying at home for a while and she's in Gunnison, Colorado, <clears throat> which is about three hours from me. And they're an area that was hit really hard by COVID. Their restrictions are super tight. She's over here in our town and she's just amazed at how lax it is. And that's in, you know, a, a two, a probably separated by a couple counties in Colorado. That's not far. Even more so from state to state or from city to city. If you're in my brother's in San Diego, uh, California, and it's, it's, it's dire there in so many ways, different than, you know, maybe Oklahoma or, or, or whatnot that, yeah, just to what you said, that it is different household to household right next door to each other. And it's different county to county, state to state. And, uh, it's, it's and the media is not a good place to go get a pulse on that. And so it's, it's, it's <laughs> no. just difficult. And you know, Tom, what this really brought me to, as we've talked here and read these and thought through them is that here we are at the end of 2020 and it's always good to have goals. Obviously this is the Ziegler show. I mean, it's, a, we're about goals, about goals, having things out there, but right now, you know, go into one of your dad's favorite, you know, quotes uh, about hope. This may be a time where it is more important than ever for everybody listening and us too, to make sure that you have something that you are looking forward to. You have hope and expectation in something that you can control. Uh, because even from that, even the fun things, you know, the family vacation, Tom, just in the past hour, and I've, saw, I've seen, I'm trying not to be distracted, texts coming over, one of my closest friends, uh, closest couples, uh, has, uh, she, uh, his wife, she just tested positive for COVID. Um, obviously, that's a concern. She's, gosh, what is she? She's in her, in her 60s. Um, but, you know, in pretty good health, but still concerned. So one, she's got the fear of that. But two, it just completely, completely nixed 
the little bit of social hope that they had for Christmas. So they won't be seeing their parents in the nursing home. They won't be visiting us. Usually they spend it with us and that was not going to happen anyways, but that's going to, that's going to happen. So there's just a couple, they're going to spend Christmas at home alone. That's not very hopeful. That's not very thrilling and exciting. And again, not to be pessimistic, but we look forward and we don't know if you'll go get to go back to work, if you'll have a social engagement, if you'll get to go on the road and travel. What can you look forward to? It may, it may be a good time to sit down by yourself, with your spouse, with your family and go, man, what can we, what can we do for sure? I mean, I, I view, it's actually making me think we've got a big family uh, beach trip scheduled for next June. The airline tickets aren't even available yet, but we've got to be open to the fact that that may not happen. We don't know what's going to happen. They may, you know, do us a quarantine again. We may not have that to look forward to. What can we know that we can know that we can look forward to? That's good. And of course, you know, no answers for that. That's going to be individual. That would be an interesting one, Tom. That'd be an interesting thing to talk about maybe in another show upcoming to say, look, if things don't change and you're not going to go back to work, you're not going to go on vacation, you're not going to travel, you're not going to go to the gym, you're not going to go to the restaurant, you're not going to exit, all these things, especially the joyful things that people look forward to, what options are there? What can you put out there? It's a good one for everybody to consider. But again, back to this time, I wonder if this may be the highlight of most of us existing right now, listening to this show, saying this is a time more than ever, we need something to be looking forward to, to be progressing in for our own, uh, for our own sanity. You know, uh, I saw my dad and my mom go through some really hard times. Um, you know, we lost my sister 26 years ago. Um, you know, different disappointments and setbacks that, that are just life. Everybody get you know, you live long enough, you get to go through this stuff. And dad always just, he had these kind of these three pillars uh, that he always went to. He had his faith. And so he never wavered and he doubled down. You know, he spent more time in that area whenever it got tough. Second is his gratitude list. It just got longer. When we went through hard times, it just got longer. He would focus on all the things he was grateful for. And then the third is he focused on what he could do. And so he never overdwelled on the problems that he had no control over. He just focused on what he could do because that was the way out. Yeah. And gosh, that's a, you know, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or in the land of milk and honey and, you know, blessings are coming from all directions. Those three things, that's pretty, that's pretty strong to guide us. It's really strong, Tom. And it just has me thinking again, and I didn't foresee this coming into the discussion, which is great. That's why we enjoy these candid discussions and the feedback that we get from people that take us down different paths that I'll never forget. A friend of mine actually lives here in this town that I'm in and he was working a job. This was uh, eight years ago, probably. And he says, Kevin, and it was through talking with me and kind of looking at his life. And he says, man, I never realized that here I am working a job that I do not like. It does not give me life. And the biggest thing that I look forward to is that vacation, that two week vacation at Disney world or whatever. What, what, how terrible is that? But again, to come back to the acuteness of where we're in right now, that if you're in that place and you just lost your vacation, now you that opportunity to go do that big thing, man, talk about a bad place to be in a place that's going to foster medicating in other ways that aren't uh, as healthy, that it may be a good time to take stock of your daily life. What are you doing? What gives you joy? And again, what can you look forward to and with hope and expectation, man, Tom, as always, it's, uh, it's like going to class together to go through these things and, 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 uh, and to hear where the conversation goes. I'm grateful for what everybody posts cause it makes you so rich. And, uh, thanks for your insight, brother. You bet. I enjoyed it. It's always good to spend time with the greatest podcast host in all the land. That's brother. what I have to look forward to is every show when you tell me that. And it, it always matters. Thank you, brother. 
All right, friends, of course, I'm hoping you are now more conscious of what you want to make better in your life during the next year. It's a profound exercise to even take 15 minutes of pause to consider and write about it. Be present with yourself and your thoughts, just like the guy said in our comments. This can be one of the most beneficial gifts to your life. And right now, I think it's more important than ever, again, to have something to be looking forward to. Coming up in episode 849, we're going to talk about a necessary part of business and really life. It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? To know people, you must be networking with people. But have you ever gone to a networking event where everyone shows up supposedly to connect? Man, I don't have the stomach for it. I have the ability, but not the stomach. Well, Matthew Pollard understands and has just come out with a new book right up my alley, The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I was I was stoked to get it and read that cover right away. In truth, I know many extroverts that aren't that fond of the concept of you know business networking either. And they're I think they and you are going to be really interested in this episode. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>